From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What's up, everybody? It's Aslan and Corey. Didn't think you'd see these two guys at this time of night, did you? Surprise. Surprise. Here we are, though. So this is also going to be the Wake Up War Champ podcast for Monday. We should probably give a shout out to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida, off Appalachia Parkway. Um, But I don't know. They don't compete head-to-head with ABC Liquors, Fine Wine and Spirits, so we all get along fine. A lot of cross-pollination there, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Sunday smash Corey back from Raleigh. Uh, Ira is still probably on the road. He's got a little bit of a far, further commute than old Corey Clark has. We'll be taking your questions here on YouTube. Showtime Spicer, B Spice, Spice One, Ben Spicer behind the scenes. So I'll uh, pull up some of your comments and uh, we'll get everybody integrated and involved in the show here. So thanks for being here, everybody. Tough one. Good column from you, though, Corey. Uh, four and two now, Florida State, after the 1917 loss to NC State, in which they found themselves up 17 to three in the first half. And I thought that they simply looked much better than NC State. I thought NC State had no real chance of, I shouldn't say that, but NC State to me did not, I'm like, if this is the number 14 team in the nation, man, we are not far off uh, on this climb as people might have suspected after a loss last week. Uh, But the way things came undone was quite unsettling, Corey. So I don't know if you want to start with anything that maybe stood out to you being the most unsettling thing, or how, how do you want to unpack what happened Saturday night in Carter Finley Stadium for what seems to be like every time we're up there. Yeah, you know what? It, it dawned on me as I was walking, because as as when the game's over, we go down to the concourse and have to walk through all the fans leaving the game. Um, and I've talked about this before when I'm walking through Wake Forest crowd after Wake Forest beats Florida State. It just, it dawns on you, man, like a, a, a loss there to that NC State fan base doesn't really impact them that much. It's just a loss to a school that loses a lot. Um, and I and I'm I'm trying to be respectful. They are a better program than Florida State right now, clearly. But NC State's accomplished essentially jack squat since we've been watching college football. Philip Rivers, there you go, great. Um, that's about it. Tory Holt, but Florida State, it would have been so big to win that game. It just would have been. That's what bums me out the most is how big it would have been for the team in this fan base. Think about this weekend, five and one. I don't know what you're ranked if you go and beat NC State at, at in Raleigh. Um, I, I think you're probably ranked 19th, 18th. I don't know. And you're playing the number four team in the country at home, prime time, Saturday night, as a five and one team um, with a real hope to win the game. And I, I still think you have hope. I, Clemson is not unbeatable by any stretch. But that's what made it so. It's just, it's what could have been. Like it was right there to snatch. It was right there in front of you, 22 yards away. And uh, you throw a pick that loses you the game. This is how it's going to be. This is how it is in college football, period, unless you're Georgia, Ohio State, really. And even Georgia's had one of these. Alabama's had two. Um, you, games come down to the final minute of the fourth quarter. With Florida State, because of the personnel and the, the teams they're playing, almost all of the games are going to come down to the final one or two drives of the fourth quarter. Almost every single one. In fact, they're four and two. They easily could be two and four, right, Aslan? Yeah, I find it interesting. They could also be six talk- and oh. Right, you you didn't mention that part though in your column that they could be two and four. You mentioned they they, they could be six and zero, oh, but yeah, I yeah. mean this. But again, this the breaks, kind of this is where they probably should be ultimately four and two. But that's it's. But you, you want to just take advantage when you get a shot, man. Yes. You just want to take it. You got a targeting penalty to get even further down and in, into their side of the field. You pick up a third down finally. Toa Feely with a nice two yard run on a third and one, um, and then the you know I just. You hate you. You feel like you gave them the game because you just threw an interception right to their guy. Like it wasn't their guy necessarily just jumping over Jalen Ramseying someone and making a great play. You can say he made a nice play by cutting Pittman off the route. You can say he held him. Whatever you want to say, he made a nice read on it necessarily. But Jordan Travis had other guys to throw to in that route. Instead, he picked the one guy that kind of ran the wrong route, or not ran the wrong route, but stopped on his route, and you gave them interception and essentially gave them the game. That's what is so frustrating. Those were evenly matched teams, right? NC State could say the same. If NC State would have lost, they would have lamented 
giving up a 50-yard deep punt return with 20 seconds left in the first half to give them a free three points. Now, it's Florida State, so nothing is a free three points. That was a great kick by Fitzgerald. But so each team had would have lamented that loss as, man, we kind of blew a chance there. But Florida State especially, I just thought, because they were in control of the game. And then they, again, like they did in the first half against Wake, they spiraled. The offense just spiraled for about four or five possessions and, um, you know, let NC State grab control of the game. Trying to find the um, the shot, the screenshot of that that final play, uh, because I don't know how many things really were even open in that moment, which almost makes it, I don't know, worse or better. But it just seems like he had that decision made, premeditated in his mind, and, and wasn't. I think it was the look. It was, I think it was the exact same look they had gotten on the. Because if if you don't know, if you didn't read our stories, which what's the matter with you, or if you didn't watch Norvell's press conference on our website again, what are y'all doing? Um, it was the same exact play that they scored on in the first half to Pittman, uh, where he it was one-on-one. Um, Pittman goes up and makes a great kind of shoulder pad catch. It wasn't like he was wide open by any stretch. It's like uh, Velcro, Jordan, just stuck right yeah, on it. it was great. Jordan gave him a chance, and I think in that instance, Jordan is doing the same thing. He's believing in his guy to go make a play because Micah Pittman has made plays for him. In that instance, Micah Pittman gets bumped off his route or held, however you want to describe it, he was impeded either way. And instead of continuing with his route, he kind of stops. The kid made a great read. Um, he knew it. I think he knew it was coming. And uh, yeah, they just kind of threw it right to him. But yeah, when you look at the, I've looked at the still shot of it. Johnny Wilson's running a slant, which isn't exactly open because I think there's a linebacker, right? The spy on Jordan is right in front of him. I think Toa Feely is running kind of a, out in the flat. A linebacker goes with him. And then Pokey runs a stop route, like a four or five yard stop route. Now he's open, but he's open at the 20 yard line. So you could throw it to him, but what's what, you're gaining two yards, three yards, unless he makes the guy miss a tackle. And then I, I don't know who the tight end is. It might be Marquiston or it might be another receiver. I think it's Marquiston. It is Marquiston. He's open around. Um, so there, so if you look at the, and I know you can't see this on the podcast, you that's an audio uh, medium. Uh, Johnny Wilson isn't really open because of that linebacker in between Jordan and uh, in uh, in himself. I think that yeah. linebacker is awesome, by the way. Good grief with that kid. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Easton Douglas is up more in the route, and he is open. Now yes. it looks like he's kind of tripping, falling down. He he doesn't look like he's got his feet necessarily. But that would be what Aslan a six yard, seven yard completion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you have all your timeouts. You have every single timeout. You do have all your timeouts, but it's also second down. So now you're looking at third and three if when he makes that tackle there. Um, so and again, I'm not I'm not saying that Jordan made the right decision. Clearly he didn't. And then up top that you can't see is Pokey ran like a three-yard stop, and he's got plenty of cushion, but it's not gonna be it's not gonna be uh, much yardage. Um, you know, second guessing everything, everything in hindsight makes it look worse. It's not because I know people are upset there. No, I don't think anybody watching this or listening to this or reading my column last night is upset that they went for it. You know what I mean? It's just maybe not that play. There's no need that to take moment. that kind of shot maybe in that instance. But yeah. you can see there's other options. It's not like, hey, we're running four Burks. Get it in the end zone, baby. There were other options. You just had your, you know, veteran quarterback choose what turned out to be the riskiest one. You mentioned in your story, I think you also mentioned in the wrap-up that you did with Irish O'Fell, the word chant rap. Keep the comment up there. Um, I like Javi. Shout out Javi. Uh, give Javi a little music, too. I know it's not how you guys do on Sundays, but let's cheer up a little bit if we could. Um, Man, look at, that, look at you look at Javi's uh, avatar there, his picture. Well, I didn't want to. I don't want to, you know, I mean. Well, I'm just saying, Javi's got, Javi's doing he's something. Good guy, I mean, he's, you didn't outkick your coverage, Javi. You did well, man. You you did what you you deserve. I'm proud. Yeah, of Javi's you. a good looking dude. Yeah, that's a good point. And she didn't outkick her coverage yeah, either. It's a like, it's a match made in coverage. It makes me happy when that happens. Yeah. Like that that sort of mesh there. Yeah, uh, good looking people getting together. It's how it's what it's what the world's supposed to happen. I know you said you, you can't in that moment you can't center things up for a 40 yard field goal because of this kid's history, which is fair. Uh, but I mean, if you. It had to have affected, obviously, the amount. Jordan had was pressing because he knew. Boykin said it after the game. We were aware they weren't going to probably put on their kicker. So I think Jordan's got blinders in that situation, which maybe some game awareness needs to be factored in there because it is second down. You do have three timeouts. You don't have to take the kill shot at that moment. 
But since it was a play they already ran that they did have success with, I think it just seemed kind of like a layup for him to go for it. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure a lot of it's Monday morning quarterbacking. Watching the watch along with Jeff and Tom, I was like, I think he's kind of actually playing for the for the field goal crazily enough because they 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 weren't going all that urgent. I thought they wanted to run the clock out as much as they possibly could, so NC State had no shot of doing anything, and they kept running the ball on first down on that last drive. Um, I don't know, man. I think a 36 yard field goal is defensible, even with Ryan Fitzgerald's track record. Man, yes, but not if you. I just don't. I, I just think we would be on – you talk about Sunday morning quarterbacking. Uh, I know you said Monday morning, but we're a college football show, right? we gotta, right. we got to change it. Um, if if you run the ball three times in the middle of the line to set up even a 34-yard field well, goal. Well, no, no, Corey, you could have taken the under stuff. That's what I'm oh, saying. okay, I, that's what I'm saying. Jordan, I thought you were talking about just running the ball. No, 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 no. But I, yeah. I don't think Jordan's mind was like intermediate. I think it was I, kill shot. I thought – I think what – in hindsight – and look, there's so much more to this game than this one play. Yes. Um, but and we, we won't we won't stay on it for the, the whole show. In hindsight, the goal there has to be we need one more first down. If we get one more first down, that means the ball is at the 12 yard line. Mm-hmm. And at the 12 yard line, now and nothing you can't take anything for granted. I get it. But at the 12 yard line, that is a chip shot. Um, it's not a chip shot for him necessarily, but he had that 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 kick he had at the end of the first half was the best kick of his career. I mean, that was as pure as he's ever hit a ball. Yes. Right down the middle with plenty of leg from 47. Um, also, there was nothing to lose there. It was a here goes nothing. It's crazy we haven't ha- we even have a chance here. Let me just swing. It's a whole different mindset when a game is on the line. So and and so I I get I get wanting to go score the touchdown. I get wanting to leave it in your best players' hands. And Jordan Travis, Micah Pittman, and Johnny Wilson are your best players on offense. Leave it in their hands to go make a decision. It did not work out, but I understand, like, okay, you didn't have to go for the end zone on that play. It was second down. Um, and, you know, if you get another first down, you really put pressure on them because they have to burn all their timeouts. So that's um, – I, I get it. It's just – it's a play that's worked before. It's to a guy that goes and makes those kind of plays. Now, I, I think it's a fair criticism to say maybe run Pittman on the slant in your six, seven freakazoid to the end zone if you're going to just throw a, a ball to a spot and have him go out jump someone. I, I maybe do that, but um, look, they they I I just I would I would have tried to maybe get one more first down. In fact, I was thinking I I don't think I told Ira this, but I meant to before the play. I was like, man, a quarterback draw here would be an all right play. Now they might have been expecting it, but I, I just thought it was so illuminating after the game, Aslan, and that's what I wrote when that NC State DB his last name's Boykin, right? Yeah, yeah. The kid that intercepted the pass after the game, he's like, well, look, we knew they weren't going to try to settle for a field goal. We knew they were going to try to score a touchdown. That 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 might be the only situation like that in America between major college programs where the defense with the ball at the 22 yard line in that situation down by two with 40 seconds left knows they're not going to just try to set up a field goal. So you're, you're, you, you're coaching at a disadvantage, right? Cause they know you have to go for it. Like you pointed out and that, that ended up hurting them man. not having trust in your kicker, not having a kicker you can trust is maybe what, how I should phrase it hurts you in that spot. Cause NC state played it differently than they would have if Roberto Aguayo was back there. If Roberto Aguirre's back there, they're sending everyone. They're run blitzing. They're trying to knock you backwards. In this situation, they're they're you know they're playing kind of soft coverage, thinking you're going to go to the end zone, and you did. Um, it's a war champ polo, man. This is like a work issued polo. Everybody's complains that I don't wear enough Florida State stuff. Um, let's listen to our dentist though, uh, our guy Z Chan. Shout out to him. I won't. I won't play the air horn for everybody, but that deserves at least a. Z Chan's in the house. Z Chan is a pillar, right? I mean, he's he's earned pillar status. He's getting there. He's getting yeah. there. Uh, gentlemen, please talk all these people off the cliff. We can still be successful this year. We are still a much better team, and our kicker made a long field goal. Just keep. We shouldn't say pressing, Zach. Let's say let's just keep pushing. Mm, How about that? Yeah. I I can't do it. Um, because I, I almost would feel a little hypocritical because I was selling you folks on so much hope and optimism. Well, maybe I should stick to be like, hey, it's going to be all right. Uh, I don't know, Corey. Walk, talk me off the cliff too, I guess. Well, look, we we knew this was kind of a tough stretch, right? I don't know what Wake is ranked now. I assume they're 12th, 13th. I assume NC State's 12th. Clemson's 4th. 
This is a stretch of three games in a row where you're playing three of the top 15 teams in the country. You certainly haven't been blown off the field by the first two. I don't expect you to be blown off the field Saturday night either. Um, you are a better program. Uh, you also had to play that game without your three best defensive tackles. Um, you know, Cooper goes down in the first half. Uh, Jared Jackson goes down in the second half, and he's not. he wasn't right. Neither one of them were completely healthy anyway before that. And then Fabian Lovett's not playing. Um, so you have some issues up front and that that's a big deal, man. I, if NC state couldn't have run the ball up the middle, I, I don't know that they would have had a hundred yards, 150 yards of offense. If you had what you normally have in the middle, that's are just capable, competent college defensive tackles. I think you're there and, and maybe Malcolm Ray's getting there. Uh, Joshua Farmer, I thought had some nice plays that passing that personal foul. I'm the only thing that made that, that made me feel better about that is seeing the ridiculous Tom Brady oh, personal foul. Oh my today. gosh! I mean, I, I can't believe that. Horrible. But so that one wasn't as bad as the Tom Brady one, but it was close. Um, he basically got penalized for hurting the quarterback. Completely legal hit, but he hurt the quarterback. I don't remember Wake Forest getting flagged for knocking Jordan Travis out of the game last year on that hail mary. But what are you going to do? Sometimes if Florida State hits you too hard, it's clearly a penalty, and it it cost them three points because. That gave them an extra 15 yards on what turned out to be a field goal drive. Um, so, look, man, Florida State is better. Um, Florida State is a bowl team. Florida State is – I mean, that's what's so – you just want the numbers to to reflect that. And, and you know, this is close to a nine-win, nine-ish win team, I think. It'd be so good if they could get healthy, man, especially on the defensive line. Um, but I think with all their parts, they're a nine- or ten-win team. So you feel good about that. But at the same time, you had a win right there to snatch, a win on the road in a place you don't win or don't play well much, play very, play well very often. And you 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 just, you you kind of, you didn't kind of, you squandered it at the end. You squandered it at the end and you gave them, a, you gave them an out, which, you know, they didn't deserve. I will say this, though, when you talk about blowing a game or who deserved to win, who didn't, well, the best unit on that field by far was the NC State defense. You know what I mean? That that thing is legit. That's a what very a good defense. Half, though. I, I, I don't want to diminish anything the Florida State did offensively in the first half or what they did defensively as a whole. That NC State team, to me, did not look like a very qual high-quality football team, man. The defense, maybe second half rose up. The defense I think is was good, though, right? They're not bad. Yeah, I, I don't want to diminish anything. That offense is bad, though, man. NC State's offense is not good at all. Right. So I, I think 19 points is totally fine. I don't, have, I don't begrudge a defense Correct. any way, shape, or form. Florida State's offense only putting 17 points up and all of it in the first half. That defense wasn't that good to limit right. you to 93 yards and five of 13 on third down or whatever it was. And nine minutes of possession time in the second half. Yeah, you just it's, yeah. No, no, I but but I mean part of that is they're good. Part of that they is are. you didn't play well. You dropped some passes, your quarterback made some bad plays. Um that didn't help. But to win games like that. You know, I, I don't know. It's a cliche, but you got to make one or two more plays than the other team did. McLean has a chance to catch a touchdown, doesn't. Johnny, I think, drops a fourth down pass. I never saw the replay really well. That one in the in the yeah. first quarter, was it a drop or a pass breakup? Um, you, you know, then also he he drops the he drops the third down throw early in the second half, which was a killer because they had kind of grab, you know, they you wanted to kind of grab momentum back. Um, Pokey Wilson had a big drop that could have led to some more points. Like they 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 did not play well for long stretches, um, and that was that was troubling to see. Part of it is because NC State's good. Part of it is because, yeah, Florida State didn't play well, but that's the next step, man. You got to play better in those moments, man. You got to play better in those moments. And so far, the offense, um, the best they've looked in the fourth quarter of a game this year when the game was on the line, in my opinion, is when Tate Rodemaker was the quarterback. And that's crazy. That's not how that should be. Um, I know Jordan had some nice moments against Wake. I guess I shouldn't say that, but they were trying to come back against LSU. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do anything with that last drive that could have put the game away. And then they fumbled at the three. And then obviously, what happened at NC State happened, and uh, they just they got it because it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter, most likely against a supremely good defense. Saturday night, you got to go make some plays, and you can't shoot yourself all over your leg. The clutch shots, the biggest hits. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. You heard the man. We're kind of in our podcast surroundings real quick to do the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. Corey, the floor is yours. 
Aslan, I'm going with uh, one of the high-profile transfers that came in this year, but uh, you know he's been fine. He just hadn't made a huge impact. Uh, it's a bummer for him that his big his big breakout game came in a loss. But Tatum Bethune, linebacker, UCF transfer, still just technically a junior, um, so he could come back next year uh, and maybe should. But either way, but he might not if he has keeps having games like that. 14 tackles. Um, and, and the big he made those two flash plays for those tackles for loss, and they were big tackles near the goal line, um, third and three, third and four type plays, runs to the outside, and he came, beat a block, and just demolished the running back. He is a sure tackler for the most part, and he made a couple of really big plays in that game. It didn't end up mattering because they lost, but that doesn't mean – you know, if they make if they score there at the end, those would have been huge plays that he had made. So that that was good to see. He still is not a hundred percent healthy. Um, he has been dealing with some stuff, but he's out there and he's playing. And uh, fourteen tackles, two and a half tackles for loss for linebacker Tatum Bethune. He's my indescribably good player of the week. I was so mad at you for going long, but then you ended it like that. And that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's you know, my father once told me it's never too late to do the right thing. So I'm going to amend and uh, atone for last week. We did two football players coming off of a loss, which is just so on brand for the show, and totally forgot to show props and shine a light on Cal Raleigh, who hit a walk-off home run to put the Mariners in the postseason for the first time since 2001, and nobody complained. How did none of you listen to the show last week and be like, how did you guys whiff on that? Get better, everybody. I'm going to try to get better if you do the same. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Cal Raleigh, a former Florida State catcher, uh, for that walk-off jack to put the Mariners into the postseason. That deserved it last week. Well, not only that, he also hit a bomb in their playoff win on uh, on Friday. And then they he was he was a big part of their eight-run comeback to to wrap up that series against the Blue Jays, man. He's he's becoming like a okay. Seattle legend, that guy. I didn't even know. Corey making it all right. I love it. So, Tatum Bethune, Cal Raleigh, Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, I mean, the gist, I guess, really of looking on this sunny side or silver lining is injuries are a real part of the game. Everybody's dealing with them, but maybe they're hitting this program a little bit harder than everybody else. Because, uh, I mean, you talk about this team being better, but what are we measuring it against? Or are we measuring it against 20, 2019, better than 2020? Do you get Do you get credit for the fourth quarter comeback when you've thrown three interceptions in the first half? You know, like, do you... Do you get credit for making this thing look better after you kind of cratered it the last two years? Um, you know, in terms of looking at this thing optimistically, just it it does look significantly better than it did in eighteen and nineteen. It does, but in you're twenty two. You're, yeah. you're probably going to be four and three here in six more days. So that's. That's the hard thing to kind of reconcile at this point, Corey. Well, I mean, and I, probably maybe. I mean, Clemson's a four-point favorite. That's they're a better team, but this this is almost a coin toss. It is not because they got the better defense, um, and their quarterback is playing pretty well. Although they struggled, they didn't look good at all on the road against Boston College for two and a half quarters on offense. Um, you just wish, man, you, if Clemson if Clemson couldn't just run up the middle on you. I think you win this game. I, I literally, literally do. If like you had your healthy defensive tackles, I think you'd win this game because you'd make them one dimensional. And I think you beat them like that, but you probably can't, but we're not here to talk about Clemson right now. Um, yeah. There, there's a chance, uh, you know, a pretty decent chance, I guess that they're four and three. But what are they at the end of the year, man? What if they win four of their final five and finish eight and four, which is, it, which means you beat Miami or Florida. Maybe you beat both of them. It's hard to ju- it's hard to really look back and, and compare this team to last year's team until we see the finished product. But through six games, they're certainly better. It's from what it was they two and four last year. Now they're four and two, so they you know they made some strides. And also, you know, last year they were down Are they thirty. Significantly better than that team that ended the season somewhat strong last year. That's the that's the kind of the thing right there. Yeah, it's just yes, I do I do think that, but man, I just. It's 
So last year they played NC State. They lost by two touchdowns. Now it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter, but they lost by 14 points. Louisville, they were down 31 to 7. You know, so Wake Forest, they were down 28 to 7. Uh, well, they were this year too. Um, so yeah, this year, the, the the common teams that they played from this year and last year, they've looked better. They've been more competitive. Um, they should have won the NC State game, probably. Last year, they were kind of lucky to be in it in the fourth quarter. They should have, they also didn't have their starting quarterback. Um, but yeah, man, I I I think they're better. I think my eye test tells me they're better. I think the offense is better, but the offense just put up 17 points and got shut out in the second half. So what well, does my eye test tell me? You at the end of the day, you got to produce. And the problem yes, is that that's why the loss to Wake Forest was so troubling. And the way you played was so because you didn't play well, I didn't think against them. Um, because you knew what was coming up. The two best defenses on your schedule by far are these the one you just played and the one coming up. So even if you play well on offense, what are you going to score? 20, 24? Like, look at the scores that Clemson's given up, man. Nobody scores on this team. They just give up three points. They gave up three points to NC State, right? Until a Or maybe they gave up 10 points until a last-minute touchdown when the game was over. Yeah they, yeah. they they don't give up points. They are really tough to score on except for Wake. Wake went up and down the field on them. So that's that's what's concerning is, like, where is this – we're, what are we going to feel about this team and this offense after this week? Because you struggle scoring against NC State, I can promise you, you're going to struggle to score against Clemson. Yeah. Treasure Coast tells me to stop. We're down so many on the D line. This team is so much better if we have our starting 22. We are six and zero. You look, that's true, but nobody has their starting 22 right now. Um, so in, in Alabama one, didn't have it, you know. AM yeah. doesn't have it. AM didn't have it. Uh, maybe, I mean, NC State lost their quarterback in the third quarter. And they still now, had three scoring drives after he left the yeah. game. Now, one of them was a negative 23 yard scoring drive because of the punt. <laughs> so let's let's slow down with criticizing the defense on that. A minus 23 yard scoring drive. Um, but yeah, the one the one issue we thought coming into the year, well, we had a few, but the the uh, my biggest concern was pass rush. And then right after that was backup defensive tackles and not knowing that Cooper and like Lovett would play one game essentially through six. That's, that's tough, man. And you're just not, you're not great there. You're just not good there right now. Um, Especially when the guys that you were playing were banged up. So that's a, that's a, you know, when you look back at some stuff you could do in the off season, if there's one criticism you could make of like Norvell and Fuller, because you can't control injuries, but you can't control who's on your roster. And maybe when you're in the portal, you make it more of a, uh, I don't know, an emphasis on going and getting a tackle that can go play for you. Um, or, that's a all. or a kicker. Or a kicker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, too. There are plenty of kickers out there that would love to come play football in Tallahassee. Yeah, you know, listen, you'd be hard-pressed to argue that this team is not better. Uh, to Corey's point, the eye test, like, we've seen this team look really great in those first four wins, man. There's... There was moments in those games where they looked really dominant, really impressive. This quarter, this coach said this quarterback is special on multiple occasions. Um, but you're here now staring at the fact that you're maybe you're going to be plus one in the win column when you hit this buy coming up versus where you were last year. That's that's kind of the hard thing to reconcile. But I'm, well, but isn't it more? Isn't it harder just because it was there? Like the way the game played yes, out. Yes, absolutely. NC State, seventeen to three. That team, yeah. did, they looked impotent. They looked yeah. absolutely. I think that's the bigger deal than the record because four and three is four and three. Like when this season started, nobody the the best anybody thought they were going to be is five and two. Um, so four and three isn't that far off. In uh, but it's it's that you had it right there at your fingertips, literally right there, and you kept dropping up. That's what your fingertips were doing. That's the that's the frustrating part. If NC State had beaten you twenty seven to seventeen and they were just better than you, um, but you you know they didn't. Um, you had a chance. You were up seventeen to three, and then of course the one criticism you can have of the defense, um, and I thought they played well, especially in the second half because the offense kept giving the ball to the NC State at, at the thirteen or the forty. Um, and they still held him to, you know, three points on those two drives. That first drive, the second half, man, go compete. Quit letting teams just roll right down the field. You talk about an offense that looked impotent. All of a sudden, they come out and you can't stop. They don't even get to a third down as they go 84 yards. If you get a stop there, in my opinion, you get a stop on that drive, that's ball game. I legitimately think that. That's how football games can work. That you go, but you didn't. You let them go right down the field. You didn't even force a, a, a third down. Other than that, I thought the defense played as well as you could possibly want it to play. 
considering what they're working with. Z Chan, thanks, man. Uh, throws some more money at us. Question: Maybe we can ask Norvell this on Monday because I don't know. They've mentioned what he's he sees pre snap. I don't know if he has the autonomy to completely change out of a play, but he says, "How often do we think that Jordan is changing the play pre snap based on coverage?" So I watch this the worst situations at times. Yeah, a, I, I, and you can see it on TV too. But I watched this a lot yesterday. It seemed more pronounced than normal that the the line would get set up, they'd be squat in their squats, ready to go, and then Travis would tell him to calm down as he looked over the sideline. Yeah, and he's looking over the sideline because yeah. Norbell's calling the play based on the formation. So to me, that would tell me that a lot of those reads are the head coach's reads. And he's just going with what the head coach is calling at the, at the moment. So I don't know how much, I, I don't think it's a ton of, of changing the, I don't think he changes the play as much as Norvell tells him to change the play. Um, but, you know, I, I do know that some of those are actual options where he can keep the ball or, right. be, or give it to the running back. And, Again, it was nice to see that he, I mean, he had a 70-yard run. He had another 20-yard run. He had a 14-yard run. That was good to see. Um, I just think there's got to be there's got to be even more than that. Um, and I know that's asking a lot. Um, and I know he's still not 100% healthy, but he looked pretty healthy on that 70-yard run. He's, he's a difference maker with his legs. And when you're playing defenses like that, especially ones that, I mean, you saw they were lined up sometimes, Aslan. It was like a, I mean, it's a, well, it is. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Um, there were times they were run blitzing so hard on those, on those handoffs to the, to the running back. Toa Feely was having to dance and, and shuffle and, and move just to get back to the line of scrimmage. And those are just wasted plays. And they did, they did that a lot on Saturday, but again, NC state stops most teams from running the ball. He didn't have enough runs. Jane Newsom says, I guess she's sure. She's probably talking about Jordan. Yes. You know, I, I want to kind of get your thought on this Corey about, I, I agree. Was, I agree. Jane Newsom, by the way, I don't know how much of this was coach speak or him kind of opening up and maybe trying to share his true thoughts on what happened. Mike Norvell after the game, uh, first off sidebar, that was felt like you guys should have got, but maybe given him a hug at some point that that was, that was, that was up there with Willie Virginia tech in terms of just being completely uh, just disheveled. I mean, just well, completely. yeah, I, th- I think the difference was Willie was stunned, like stunned disbelief. I think Norvell was like anguish. Okay. It, it was, may be anger, but mostly anguish. Um, he was, look, man, and that's the kind of guy he is. He's really, he's a fired up, he's a fiery guy, and those people are emotional. And, you know, when they win, he's he's jumping on his players' backs and and breaking rocks and, and doing, you know, just sp- jumping on Papuchas' back. And when they lose, he looks like he's at a funeral. I mean, that's how those kind of coaches are. I, but, it, you know, he he certainly cares. Um, he's not an even-keel guy. If you want an even-keel guy, he ain't it. Um, Leonard Hamilton, you know, he's an even-keel guy. Uh, Mike Norvell isn't. You're going to know exactly how he feels. He doesn't He doesn't hide that at all. But, yes, he was he was crestfallen, man. I, I It was funny, and I didn't bring it up in my column, but the only other time I remember a coach being like that um, was in that same room with Jimbo in 12. Like, just, like, complete, utter anguish. And, like, now he was a little defiant, but uh, but he was – you could tell he was stunned and, like, he had seen a ghost. Kind of in 10, too, with the ponder fumble with Ty Jones. So, that man, that place is a horror show. Yeah. But, you know, he mentioned this is on me. I don't know how much of that is, is, is a coach speak thing or if there's anything that you think kind of does fall ultimately on his shoulders because, I mean, I think Jordan, all things considered, outside of those – two major turnovers in the fourth quarter of a game on the road against a ranked team played pretty well. I mean, he was let down by several drops and, and listen, Micah's catch touchdown catch was impressive. Uh, Pokey had a real nice big catch in the first half. So that, I don't want to say that offsets the drops. Cause I feel like, you know, PFF credit them with three drops as a team. I feel like there's probably more than that, but I, I feel like he still was kind of in a, at a net support from his wide receivers based on what he did. So looking at a lot of people complained about second half play calling. So looking at here in the second half, I I, I tallied all this. They had that 11 first down plays in the second half. Three of them were passes. One of them was a nine yard completion to pokey, which ended up being a third and 16 because Dylan Gibbons got a little too physical. 
Uh, one of them was an incompletion, and then one of them was a was an incompletion to Trey Benson where he got targeted and they still got a first down. Oh, I thought the uh, I thought the one was the uh, I thought the interception was on first down. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. The eight other plays were runs, uh, and six of those run six of the eight runs were for three yards or less. Now, and, I, some and, those- I, and one of the runs I think was the first drive, the first run of the second half, and it was Jordan when Jordan Travis kept it, and he got 14 yards. No, but that was of what of the eight rushes, correct? But only two rushes they had were for more than three yards. That's and what they, I'm like, saying. And one of, one of them was the quarterback. Yes, That's yes. what I'm saying. Like you, you can't you can't be so predictable when you have a guy like that in the backfield, and you're going to run that set, and you're going to run those plays that you give it to the running back 90 percent of the time. Because that's what happens. You weren't good enough to block those guys when they know you're running to a they, well, you're running that way. Um, and you know, you look at the numbers and they ran for 200 yards, right? Or right at it, somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 yards. Um, well, your your quarterback had 110 of it. That's the way you run against these teams, man. If you're going to run against Clemson, you are not going to line up and just hand the ball off to Trey Benson and run for 150 yards against those guys. So yeah, I, I get it. I, I did not like the play calling in the second half. I thought. I, I think he's trying to establish the run. I think he looks at that defense and thinks if we can't run on this with three men up front, then we, we're we not what we think we are. But you've got to coach to your strengths sometimes, and you have some really talented receivers, and you have a quarterback that you really like, and you put it – I just thought, you know, 30 attempts isn't – you know, that's not a – that's not, a, you know, 19. I mean, that's a pretty decent amount for this offense. But, you know, I just thought that – you didn't give him in the second half when they when you could not move the ball. You kept giving yourself second and nine. Every drive was second and nine, except for the one that was second and one, and then you got the personal foul. Yeah. But again, that feels kind of Monday morning. I, I did Sunday morning quarterbacking I, a little bit. No, what? That's I was. That's what I was. I was asking you like legitimately. I don't. And listen, man, I'm not a Mike Norvell uh, like defender, man. I mean, I. I do not dislike the guy. I, I don't think we should have sat down at a table and given him like a whole bunch of money after four weeks either. I don't think we need to get a U-Haul truck either, but I'm just, I'm curious about when he goes up there and says that, how much of that is coach speakers. There are certain things that you think he legitimately, cause he kept talking about missed opportunities. I don't know how many, there wasn't a lot of egregious things I kind of saw last night that made me think that he, you know, a better coach would have had Florida state winning that football game. My my biggest concern right now, man, is that with him calling plays, like he's got a lot on his plate right now because not only is he calling plays, he is now having to almost play psychologist with Jordan because, man, these last two games in particular, when it's not working the way they've drawn it up, whether it's them executing it or what they're expecting to see from the defense and they're not executing, man, Jordan is coming off to the sideline with like really bad body language really frustrated ag- I mean not not like competitor agitated but like a just a, a sort of a personality trait that you don't want to see from your quarterback and Norvell's doing a really good job of calming him down so he's now having to call plays get his quarterback figured out calm him down get him back to playing special and now he also can't call like a full buffet of plays because I don't even think he understands what he wants to do in the red zone because of the kicking situation like he's got to figure out one of these things quick he's either got to be able to get Jordan rain back in and find some of this confidence that he's kind of losing here in the last few weeks or figure out what he wants to do with the kicker, find a kicker that he can somewhat quasi trust from 38 yards and inside, because I think that that opens up and changes everything. Cause I, I think what we saw with him at the podium after the game was, was just the weight of losing that game in that fashion. But man, you're calling plays. I'm at my quarterback that I trusted so much and was looking so good in these last few games Every single time he comes off the field now, I have to go calm him down. And I also don't know what I'm going to do with my kick unit right now. I mean, these are the things that he's got to solve one of these to, to right the ship this season, I feel like. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know when he said that about this. He's like, I told the team this too. That loss is 100% on me. Um, I, I got the impression he was talking about the final play call. Um, that he kind of gave them, he gave them an out to go intercept the pass. Like he, and I don't know that he needs to be more conservative, but maybe something where you take the decision making. Maybe you don't give your quarterback five options on one play. You give them a couple of pretty safe routes to get it another ten or twelve yards if you can. I don't know, or a quarterback draw or something. Um, but he, you know, he did blame himself. And yeah, the 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 stuff with Jordan has been a little bit troubling. Going back to the, um, you know. 
in the middle of that weight game, he was having to like do this, like calm down, man, calm down. Like Jordan was kind of really kind of antsy or anxious. He's on like, tilt, man. He was on. He tilt. was feeling it. Yeah, he was. And in this game, you know, I you know I know the only time I really saw them interact like that was after the interception. And I think Norbell was trying to say, explain to him what he, you know, what were you looking at? What did you see? And you know, Jordan, Jordan really wants to win a lot more than any of us want Florida State to win. He desperately wants them to win. And so he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. And when he makes a mistake and all quarterbacks make mistakes, he feels bad about it. And um, but you, the you, you don't want him to play tight, though. Yeah. That You can't play tight and play that position well, especially because you remember the North Carolina game last year. And I've seen it other times. I saw it at LSU. He was smiling the whole game, Jordan Travis was. He was just out there having fun, making plays. There wasn't the weight of the world on him. Well, there aren't any weights on you when you're one and four. It's just, hey man, go have fun. Well, when you're four and one and you're playing the number fourteen team in the country and you're in a, in a you have a lead in the fourth quarter, there is weight on you, and you've got to learn to accept that and and um you know play with that. And that's another when you talk about a program maturing, you got to mature with the weight of expectations. And when you start a season four and zero and get ranked for the first time in four years, expectations come with that. They clearly haven't handled them well. Um, again, the defense. You know, I, I just want to it, – it's hard to even complain about what you see from the defense necessarily. I thought they were fine. Um, but what the offense has done, uh, it, see, it has definitely regressed these last two weeks. And then, oh, goody, you get to get back on the – you get to get back on the horse against – I want to cuss. I know we're allowed to cuss on this one, but I'm not. I'm going to keep it uh, family or against effing Clemson, man. That's who you get to get back on the horse against is the best – maybe the best defense in the country. Um, so good luck. You just win this game 10 to nine. Who cares? Win it 14 to 13. Yeah. Then the next in November, you can go be your great offense again. You've got to find a way to put up somewhere near the neighborhood of 20 points. But that's that's why these last two weeks and the Wake Forest game too was so troubling, is because you knew this was coming. You knew this bad boy was waiting for you after NC State and after Wake Forest. And now they're here and you're riding a two-game losing streak. So you go in to the playing the best team on the schedule with the least amount of confidence you've had and no momentum. And that's, that's uh, not a great recipe. Typically. I like how you talked about maturing with the expectations of the season, because I mean, so much of everything that everybody's dealing with and processing right now is because they started off four and no. I mean, again, if we would have talked about their four and two going to the Clemson game in July, I think most of us would have signed up for it especially with a win over LSU, uh, you know, but here we find ourselves, we were, but we started off 4-0, and then these two losses, and then Clemson comes to town, to your point. I just wonder, do we need to look at it from the, the, the prism of, like, July, where you this first half of the season before the bye, you're thinking your four hardest games are probably LSU in this three-game stretch. Uh, you know, if you could split them, you're like, I feel good about that. But you're all or nothing right now going against a Clemson team that looks pretty strong. Uh, the th- comment that was pulled up here, second by Florida man in Texas, maybe later in the week he was saying, uh, what do you think about playing Tate Rodemaker second half at Clemson or earlier if Jordan Travis is stuck in his own head? No. Nope. I, I, you know, like you just – Jordan Travis is your quarterback. Um, again, he was 15 of 30 in that game. I think he had five drops, including one that would have been a first down, two that would have been first downs to Johnny Wilson – and a touchdown to Malik McLean that, I mean, look, it's a, that would have been a good catch, but you're on scholarship. You can make those catches. Um, I thought Jordan was fine. I mean, he had uh, basically 300 yards of total offense against the, one of the top 10 defenses in the country. Um, so no, I, I thought he, he wasn't good. He wasn't, he wasn't as good as he's been. Not many quarterbacks are against that. And this week he is going to struggle. Understand that Jordan Travis is not going to throw for, he's not going to have an EJ Manuel 2012 game against Clemson. He's not going to have 450 yards of offense. He's not going to throw for 300. He's, I mean, he's just not. That doesn't mean he's not playing the position well. It, this is a hard th- – these two defenses are hard to score on. Um, and he didn't that, – that doesn't absolve him of, of playing poorly and making bad throws, which he did. He made some, some really bad decisions. But he, in my opinion, is by far your best chance. He, he's your best chance, man. He's, oh, he's your best chance. There's, there's no real um, – there's no real question about it. And it was really good. The one bright spot maybe you can see is, man, those legs still work. 
and you are going to need him against Clemson. And if they decide they're not going to let him beat him with his legs, which they did last year, if they still have the personnel to do that, that should theoretically open up you to take shots down the field like Wake Forest did against this team. Uh, sorry about that, Ben. Uh, William Flynn was asking, guys, if the team practices tight this week, would you report on it? If you watch yeah, the war chant report, you know, that's part of why I picked NC State to win. I just didn't think Florida State had like a really strong, those two days that we were out there did not look nearly as crisp as it was LSU week, Boston College week. I thought it looked better than Wake Forest, but we saw how they practiced, how they p- played against Wake Forest. And I just thought, well, they're not, they're pricing a little bit better, but probably not good enough to go on the road and beat the number 14 team in the nation. Although they didn't really were. play like the 14 team in the nation. So, well, no, they're not either. That, that they're not, they're not, especially because of that offense. And now, you know, they don't have their quarterback probably for the foreseeable future. So they're in trouble. That's why it felt like such a, you know, a golden opportunity wasted. Y'all, we're not winning on the field, but we can win in the virtual world, which is almost as good as the real world because we're talking about money when you go over to mybookie.ag and you pick your winners. And if you go over to mybookie.ag and you sign up for an account, your first deposit will be matched dollar for dollar instantly when you use the promo code WARCHANT. We keep talking about it. You've been like, I'm going to do it eventually. Listen, man, they're 4-2 now. A lot of the dreams are shattered. Let's win money and make everything better. Right now, as we talk and hang out here on the program, Florida State currently a four-point underdog at home. What? No respect. Florida State currently 5-1 and one against the spread this season. So, probably, maybe, why not have it keep rolling? You can go over to my book. You can also uh, roll it along with the total point, which is 51 points, you know, packaged together. Prosper. Profit. Enjoy your Saturdays again. Feel uh, all rightish about that. We'll have Corey give us some winners later in the week. Hold my feet to the fire so actually I don't just say it on the show in this spot and we don't do it. Let's get Corey. Let's put Corey in a corner. Let's have him give us something. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code WARCHANT. First deposit doubled instantly, dollar for dollar, up to 1000 bucks. Again, mybookie.ag. Check it out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. James B's in the house. Again, I know James B. not much of a soundtrack on this show, but sometimes you got to bring it back, you know? Our guy out there. By the way, did you see Jay from Daytona Beach? I did. He came up. Well, let's talk to James B for a second now. Okay. Uh, James B, you are the best. Thank you very much, man. That's very kind. I hope we see you uh, on Saturday. I hope you'll be in town. I hope anybody watching this that has plans to go to that game will actually show up. They're going to need you. Um, this is not a, this is not an unwinnable game by any stretch. I promise you, um, Clemson, Clemson has a very good defense. Their offense is still questionable. Um, and they have not played in a real road environment this year. Boston college ain't it wake forest. They had half the crowd was orange. They have not played in a real road environment. This will be the first time. Um, and you do have a good team. It is not a great team. It is not a championship team, but it is a good team. Certainly capable of beating a favorite by a four point favorite. At home. All right. Just say it. Just throwing that out there, gang. Just, you know. So I hope James, I'm I'm trusting James B will be there. So and thank you very much for the uh for the donation. Too kind. And yes, I did see Jay from Daytona. Only got to see him for a second, though. I didn't know he was gonna be in the press box, but he was in the press box. I didn't even get to ask him what he was doing up there. Really? Really? Maybe he said he was in the champions club or something, or whatever their version of the champions club is. I think he said he was he was there, but he came in and said hello to us, which was cool. The Wolf's Den, huh? The Wolf's He came in so he came and talked to us when it was 17 to 3. Oh, okay. And then they did not score a single point after that. So if you want to blame somebody, blame Jay from Daytona. Yeah. I haven't looked at I really haven't watched a lot of Clemson this season. I mean, I did see the like the second half against NC State where NC State just really couldn't do a lot against them. I, is it the defense? But don't what? you think like the NC State offense? 
You saw that offense. You watched it for a full game. Of yes. course they couldn't do anything against that Clemson defense. <laughs> right. Florida State does have more weapons, a lot more weapons. They have an ability uh, with a mobile quarterback and, and, and some dudes that go make plays on the outside to go put some stress on that defense at least. That's that's the hope you have. You can you're gonna have to hit a couple big plays, but you can hit a couple big plays. And you know, I, I know they said that Johnny was targeted back to those receiver stats. He was like targeted ten times or eight times and only caught two of them. Um, yes, I you know I don't I don't remember the the I know he dropped the two. Oh, and then the one was the third down over the middle that was a really low throw that he almost kind of dove and caught. Um, I know this though, Aslan. On one-on-one jump balls on the outside, he was two for two. So th- that could be a more with when everything else isn't working. You, instead of running into the line to uh, so to lose a yard, which you will do against this defense quite a lot, um, in throwing screen passes or trying to throw to Marquiston Douglas over the middle, instead of doing that kind of stuff, if you throw it up to fourteen on just goes down the sideline one-on-one jump balls, I know that you don't want to be like a caveman offense. You want to have more variety, but that isn't going to be covered. No, people don't cover that play. So try that a few more times. All said, Court. Let's try to look at the uh, PFF grades. Brett Taylor, Clemson's offense is improving every week. Their receivers are getting healthy. They're figuring out what they can do well in doing it. Their offensive line has drastically improved over last year. Do not underestimate. Buddy, it's nobody, nobody in the history of Tallahassee has underestimated Clemson football. I, I'm not underestimating uh, Clemson. I know that the offense isn't the strength of their team, and I know they had three points late in the second quarter against Boston College, um, and I saw that Boston College defense. Um, they they are not – Clemson is not elite offensively. They are elite defensively. They're certainly good enough offensively, and they will score some points, but you've got to hope that you can hold them to 21, 24, and you give yourself a fighting chance. Justin Priest, if our defense can pressure Clemson's quarterback, DJ Uwe Ungalale. Does FSU have a chance? What's more important, Corey? Protecting Jordan or pressuring DJ? Uh, Oh, that's a tough one. It's like Sophie's choice. Um, Man, I I would say protecting Jordan because I think that the the key to this game is can you at least slow down the run? Clemson, I I don't think, is a great running attack. Um, They do have a decent offensive line. It's not great. But Louisville ran up the middle against Florida State. Wake Forest ran up the middle and and ran for a lot of yards against Florida State, and so did NC State. And NC State did it when you knew their quarterback could not complete a pass. That's the troubling part. And that's really – who are you mad at there? Are you you mad at Norvell and Fuller for Fabian Lovett not being healthy and Robert Cooper not being healthy and and Jared Jackson getting hurt? I mean, you can be upset that um, they – like I said, they didn't go out and get other better defensive linemen in the portal – but man, that's bad luck. It's some of that's just bad luck. They're, they are normally going to be LSU couldn't run on them at all with it, weirdly when they were fully healthy. Now that they're down to their, you know, really the bottom of the barrel and their 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 depth in the middle of the line, you see the results, man. They're they are they struggle to stop the run. They give up a lot of gash plays in the middle of the line. Shout out to Tatum Bethune, though. He had 14 tackles. He had a couple of really big tackles for loss. That was his. I thought that was by far his best game as a Seminole, but it was against that offense, which isn't saying a ton. Well, hey, Miami lost, and Florida looks increasingly mediocre. So maybe there's the things that we should also hang our hat on and be thankful for, Corey. But then all of a sudden, Georgia Tech can't lose. The one you thought was the sure win, all of a sudden they're beating everyone. Come on, man. Can't catch a break. I'm happy for that Brent Key. I didn't realize he was a Georgia Tech alum. I always re- I got a soft spot for alums going home. Other than Mario, you know, room for Scott in Nebraska. Um, well, I mean, they beat Duke, but Duke was like a three or four point favorite, I think, on the flats. And they, yeah, and they also won at Pitt, which is just inexplicable. Yeah. That, that that's one of the most inexplicable games of the of the whole college football season is Georgia Tech going up there and beating Pitt. Uh, Matthew Sims asks, "Is the Mill Restaurant still open in Tallahassee?" Never even heard of it. Not sure, Matthew. <laughs> I haven't either. Check Google, sure. Matthew. Come on, man. Come on. But I, I don't think I've if if it is, I haven't heard of it. So I guess they're not. Maybe they'll sponsor the show. Uh, Z Chan was asking how he can become a pillar. We've never really outlined it. Like we don't have tiers like the boosters, but maybe it needs to be. You know, Ed Lemix uh, said that he is a pillar. So maybe like you need to have like three people 
Yeah. Like that are current. Oh, sign you off. Sign you like a, yeah. like trying to join a frat or skull and bones or something. You have yeah. to have people uh, be references. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more like the mafia, but all yeah. right, that works too. Skull and bones. That's cool. That's cool. Um, all right. We'll take all the questions. We've, uh, I don't know. We've beat the dead horse on this, but we've got plenty to, to talk about throughout the week. The Jeff Cameron show will be one to three o'clock on Monday on 93.3 FM in Tallahassee, as well as right here on YouTube. War Chant TV. Hopefully you're subscribed to this. Hopefully you're subscribed to the website. It's only $10 for an entire year. Have we ever figured out the math on that, Corey? I know it was like a fraction of a cent. For probably the- 80, 85 cents a month. Um, I was going to say, so Clemson's probably already, well, I, I assume as a team they get together and watch film um, on, today probably is when they watch film, if not tomorrow morning. And they watch every, I'm sure they watch all the plays. They splice up all the plays from offense, defense, and special teams. What do you think the reaction is when they show the when they show the Master Mono play? I mean, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. <sighs> I've never and like it's like, of course, like of course that happened to, to Florida. Like number one, he probably can run for the first down, but it's going to be close. He might have to make somebody miss right at the marker. But that was certainly a better option than what he ended up doing. Um, and it's crazy when you think about it. Is it's it, they said it was a five yard penalty in a loss of down, which is seems really punitive. Um, like I, I guess they're like nobody's ever going to punt over the line of scrimmage. Why would that even come up? Why are we even Jim? Why are we even putting this in the rule book? This will never happen. And then, um, but that ended up being the ball because that was his best kick of the night. He kicked it on the run over the now the punt returner was confused. He ran up to think it was think it was a fake. And then he ended up punting it, and it rolled out at like the twenty-yard line. Yeah. And instead, NC State got the ball at the FSU thirteen-yard line. That's a sixty-seven-yard penalty. And keep in mind, if the ball goes out at the twenty, and NC State has a minus twenty-three-yard drive, which they did right after they got the ball, well, you're talking about them either punting out of their own end zone or it's a safety. So that's how that's how fine a line this stupid sport can be sometimes, man. If he punts it from a yard back from where he was then Florida State wins that game. I, I'm convinced Florida State wins that game if he doesn't do that. But then also, there's a million ifs, and they did not uh, come to fruition. That's a thing. I don't. Is it better or worse that you have multiple game-deciding moments rather than, like, one? But don't you think Louisville fans, and I know there aren't nearly as many passionate Louisville football fans as there are Florida State, but, like, they look at that game the same way like it, when the, when they're talking about the way they lost to like the way they lost to Florida State, I mean it's just all LSU is like oh we can't make a kick, we can't catch a punt. Um, you, you know, there's all these every game. There's going to be five or six or eight plays that you're going to lament because man, that they were right there. If you make that one play, you're going to win. And that's just I'm telling you, it's just. And I know I'm a dead. I, I continue to say this, but it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL. It's every every game comes down to four or five plays. That if they swing one way or the other, you win the game. And it's just that's where this sport is right now. Until you get incredible talent, you're always gonna have you're always gonna be coming down to the final final couple drives in the fourth quarter, and you're always gonna have two or three plays here or there to lament. And you um, don't have a kicker right now. Do they? Do you change anything knowing that he at least made a forty-seven yarder? I I know it wasn't high pressure. Does anything change there? You cannot these games, man. You I, you cannot play Florida, Miami, and Clemson and not have a kicker, man. This is you lost the game by two points, and if if you had a capable kicker, I think any kicker that's been here since Dan Mowry is probably in play to kick a field goal against NC State to win the football game. This yeah. is a huge problem, man. Yeah, no, it is, and I you know I wrote about it last week. It was it was very uh, prescient or prescient. I'm never sure how to pronounce that word. And, and listen, at practice, Corey mentioned on the podcast, like they put the speaker right up on him during one of the periods that they were kicking, where they really watch. I mean, everybody's watching the field goal kicker. They put the speaker with all the music coming out of it. Norvell was maybe a foot or two away from him. It seemed like from our vantage point, hands on his knees, like staring daggers into him. So they they did kind of ramp up some of the pressure on him. Uh, so, I mean, you did change your approach. So I don't know how much you really can do to change things in practice to get your field goal kicker ready. But they like kind of what they saw on Tuesday. I mean, I just – he did it in the game. I just don't know what's going to change for Norvell. Like, how many situations can you find yourself into that he can execute? They're like, all right, now we trust you. 
Because you said he had to do it into a game, which I agree with. Yeah. Practice and, and, uh, as Andre says right there, he wishes they had the opportunity to find out uh, you'd rather lose by missing a chip shot than throwing a pick. I agree with the chip shot. A 40-yarder is not a chip shot. Um, I know, not for this kid. But they so, wouldn't have been in the frame of mind to take that long shot. If they knew they had a good kicker. Correct. That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's The, the fact that the NC State defensive back knew that they weren't going to just be trying to set up a field goal Number one means they're pretty well coached because how many defensive backs are in tune with the other team's kicking game? But he knew that they didn't trust Fitzgerald. So I'm sure they told them before the game, look, they're probably going to be going for it a lot on fourth down. Even when they're inside the 15 or 20, they don't trust this kid. So be ready. They're not going to be just settling for field goals. So that's good coaching and it's good situational awareness. But yeah, man, that's that's a huge issue because you're in a lot of close games and three points. is I mean, it, You know, NC State won because their dude was four of four including one from 53. I mean, that's a huge luxury to have, man. And so it does, you know, you hate to be simplistic about it, but if you had a kicker you can trust or a kicker that was good, you would certainly be five and one. And I'm not trying to hate, I'm not trying to kill the kid. He, he did make a great kick in that game, but you don't go for it on fourth down in the first quarter. You kick your 40 yard field goal. And you certainly are playing after you get that targeting call and pick up that next first down. You're playing to put yourself in a position for a 40-yard field goal. Now, college, even good college kickers miss those kind of kicks. But it was so out of the realm of even rationality to settle for a 40-yard field goal that it changed the whole complex. It changes the whole complexion out of how you call a game. And what's a bummer about it is what if what if you do what if they call defensive holding right there or pass interference? So you get the ball at the 10-yard line. And then you do say, look, we're going to center this and we're going to have Ryan Fitzgerald win this game for us. And then he does go and kick a 30-yard field goal to win you the game. His career might take off. You know what I mean? He just won on the road, a kicked a game-winning field goal on the road against NC State in that house of horrors. He, he would have been cheered. He would have gotten the biggest cheer other than Jordan Travis on starting introductions this next weekend. And people would have been really rooting for him. Now what if you send him out there for a 42-yard field goal and he shanks it against Clemson? The boos are going to come. Please don't boo. I'm not advocating for you to boo. I don't want you to boo. I know some people will boo. And you just, then he might be broken forever. And that's forever at Florida State. And that's just a bummer because you kind of need a kicker when you're going to play a bunch of games that come down to the fourth quarter. Or you can throw it up to Johnny Wilson. I need a 23 in me with the Fitzgerald family and the Clark family. There's some crossover. I've never seen somebody so sympathetic and so protective of another man. Who, me? Ryan Fitzgerald. Well, yeah, just... man, I just, I don't like, I don't like college players being booed in, in um, especially I don't kickers. Either. He's a really good kid. He does, yeah. he does a mattress drive to give beds to underprivileged people, man. He's, he's, he's a good human being, but we can put that in this one box and put a great bow on it. Well, I'm not <laughs> saying, hey, Mike, let, let Fitzgerald kick all these field goals. I, I get it. I'm, I'm saying that please, when he misses again, which he will, please don't boo him. That, that's all. That's not the kind of energy. Uh, th this team needs right now around it. Um, but yeah, that was just uh, overall, it was just such a, it was such a frustrating, disappointing loss because not because you lost on the road to NC state, man, you do that all the time. It's because what a win would have meant, man. Yes. Even a 20 to 19, pull oh. it out in the final 20 seconds. Who yeah. gives a flip? You're five don't and care one about style points. Win. Yeah, yes. You're five and one man. And that you had it right there. And uh, you just, you, you let it slip away with, you know, whether you want to call it a poor play call, a poor decision by the quarterback, both. Um, it just, you, you, you were right there, but the good news silver lining is you were right there. I was up there the last time they played in that stadium. I was, um, I was well, I was there too. I was, was there in 18. The, yeah, it was the 20. Chubba game and it was not close. The year you were there was 18, which they could have put scored 70 if they wanted to. Tamori and Terry had a big day. That was it. I think they, I don't know, I don't remember the score, but I feel like it was like 47 to 28. It was a it was a disaster. And then this, the one in 2020 was just as gross. You're, you're making strides. You're one of, you're on par now with all these other ACC teams besides Clemson. I truly believe that. Maybe Wake, you could say, is a little better than you, but I, I, you, you, have, you, have, you have climbed to a point where you're in that tier. You're below Clemson. You're in this wash with you're in Clemson's wash with everyone else. NC State, Wake, Syracuse, Louisville, whoever you want to throw in there, North Carolina. My you're you're right there. Um the the, the next step is getting above that tier, figuring out a way to be a better than NC State consistently, be better than Wake Forest, 
and then go catch Clemson if that's possible. You can do it tonight. You can do it this week, babe. You can do it Saturday night. Aslan, what are we going to do when they beat Clemson on Saturday night? I can't wait. But um, that's one thing, though. If they do beat Clemson. Yes. Totally which is possible. a possibility. It's, totally a, possible. it's a distinct possibility. They are 5-2 and two with a win over the number four team in the country, going into a bye week. Maybe they get ranked again. It doesn't really even matter if they're ranked. But they're 5-2 and two with a win over Clemson. That's that's good stuff. That's, that's a, We that's would a all climb. take that in a heartbeat. And that is still on the table. That is still right there to be had. All right. Good optimism there from Corey Clark. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. Fitzy's going to win it. Fitzy's going to kick the game winner, man. I know it. I can just feel it in my bones and my plums. Uh, by the way, our guy Thomas Giddings uh, said the new shirts should be there Tuesday. Hopefully the luck will change now. Well, T-Gids. T-Gids. Nice, man. Do we do, Can remind me again what the shirts are? I don't you know. Remember? They're not hockey ones. I mean, it's a surprise. Yeah. No, that's right. Okay. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. So, uh, thanks all of you for hanging out with us. Uh, thanks to B Spice, Showtime Spice, Spice One, Ben, producer backstage. Uh, shout out to Javi Borges, Z Chan, uh, T Giddings, uh, the Florida man in Texas, aka General Sherman, uh, and James B. He's a pillar. Uh, we will be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday doing shows. We'll do a lot. When do you want to do a live show, Corey? Wednesday night, Thursday night? Ooh, that's going to be tough because I think I'm going to the Braves game mm. on Wednesday. So, uh, ooh, ooh, might be a, might have to be a Thursday, buddy. Okay. Sorry, might have to, might have to, uh, you know, screw, move the schedule around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Irish O'Fell wanted to be here, but we told him to sleep. Hopefully he listens to us. Well, no, he's driving, so we don't want him to sleep as he's driving. We want him to wait till he get, gets home. And yes, William, this is, this has been the Monday wake up war champ podcast so thanks for listening everybody uh, jeff Cameron show one to three o'clock headlines tuesday one to three o'clock come hang out at hotel indigo for the pre-game show with jeff and tom before the clemson game at the hotel indigo uh, presented by war champ game day and zaxby's we'll have to watch along everything we're still moving we're still climbing over here the corner pocket happy hour on friday night with uh with jeff and i come there i met a, a couple in raleigh um they're, they're from connecticut aslan uh, Mark, I think his name's, yeah, his name's Mark. Um, his wife is a travel agent, which I didn't know they had travel agents anymore, but she is, uh, her name's Michelle. And, uh, they were in Raleigh for the game and then they're coming down to Clemson and they said they were going to make it. Cause I was hanging out with Bill in Raleigh, uh, the owner of corner pocket. And, uh, we, we kind of befriended them. And so, uh, so yeah, they said they'd be in corner pocket on Friday night. I told them you probably wouldn't be, but maybe we can get you to change your mind. I mean, you know, you don't show up 10 times and you develop a reputation, everybody. But I showed up <laughs> showed up two weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Oh, no credit for that. And they uh, lost, for- right? They lost when you showed up, I think. Right? No, I was, it was Boston College week. Well, then Boston I feel College. like you're 1-0 when you show up on Friday night, so you need to come back. We need a big dub. The whole city needs a big dub on Saturday night. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. It's been the Sunday Smash, which I think is presented by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Check them out. Uh, they're somewhere in Florida, wherever you're at in Florida. They've got a shop. They've got a location in Tallahassee. they got an awesome one on Thomasville Road. Go check it out. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Stay connected to WarChan.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Thank you again for watching the Sunday Smash.